Atomic! Let's go ahead and get this fuckasaurus started. <laughs> Great. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another mega shardy episode of Atomic Shart. <laughs> I am your host, Tyler, and joining me is the man that's feeling sore from this croc, Justin. What's going on, dude? I was trying to think of some kind of thing for, for Crocomire, and I got nothing. I'm sorry, I disappointed you. Yeah, man, my original uh, lead-in for you uh, was a uh, Resident Metroid Hunter, but not a lot of people would immediately connect that to Crocomire, but yeah, that's it's... neither here or there. Yeah, I wish this was Crocomire. It would have been more cool. Yeah, right. Just a, just a giant pile of dinosaur bones jumping out of the lava. That would be way more interesting than what we're about to talk about. Oh, I was thinking like living Crocomire. You're talking dead Crocomire. Yeah, I've, I always think of dead Crocomire when yeah. I think of Crocomire, you know? Fair enough. Like, just that troll moment. But we're not talking about Super Metroid today. Today, we we're going to be talking about... It's not too late. ...the sequel to the previous movie. There is actual continuity in this universe. I honestly wasn't expecting this. Yeah. This week, we're talking about Mega Shark versus Crocosaurus. So, let's get into the Wikipedia statistics here. Uh, this was directed by Christopher Douglas Olin Ray. That is a lot of names. <laughs> Produced by David Michael Loft and David Rimlaw as the executive producer. Paul Bales as the co-producer. Written by Micho Rutar and Naomi Selfman. Starring Jaleel White, Gary Stretch, Sarah Living, uh, Richard Picardo, Hannah Cowley, Robert Dylan Picardo. Bucks, yeah, Robert Picardo. Uh, did I say that wrong? Yeah. I apologize if I did. Otherwise known as Hologram Doctor from Voyager. Oh, yeah, that's right. Music by Chris Rittenhauer, edited by Jose Montesitaos, distributed by The Asylum, released on December 21st, 2010, with a runtime of 90 minutes, and a budget of $100,000 and a box office of $500,543. Wow, this actually made bank. The, I am shocked. Are you sure it's 100000 That doesn't seem like very much. Yeah, that's what it says on here. Because the first one we watched was a budget of a million, wasn't it? Uh, I'm pretty like, sure it might have been. Though, given the... Given the... How do I put this? I don't think this movie is as interesting as the last one. It's definitely not as entertaining. No, like, I mean like King of the Lost World. Like the the first movie we watched, which looked terrible. Uh, I think that was a budget of a million. Oh my god. So that I figured this was at least a little bit higher budget than that. I guess it goes to show with the Asylum, the higher the budget, the shittier the movie is. Maybe. Which is kind of an inverse of what you would expect. <laughs> so yeah, uh... Let's get right into the plot. Uh, there is a bit to go into. The movie begins offensively enough with a bunch of black men being forced to dig in mine by a white guy with an AK-47. Yep. With probably the fakest Australian accent ever. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I was accent. I was actually wondering, um, not to interrupt already, but I was wondering if the Wikipedia says if this is a mockbuster of anything or if it's like an original idea. Because this sure felt um, like Blood Diamond. <laughs> I honestly couldn't tell you, uh, unless I'm looking here. Uh, let's see. Connections to other stuff. I don't know if it was like, you know, the release was timed with anything. Well, knowing the asylum, it may as well be. But uh, I'm not seeing anything of the contrary. But yeah, uh, thankfully the Crocosaurus shows up and eats the schmo before uh, any bad racist things happen. 
And then we cut to uh, Navy Freighter, where we meet our main character, played by Jaleel White. He's an impulsive shark nerd that's tuning a device to control their movements via sonar. He tries to relay to his superior officer that the Megalodon from the last movie is still alive, but nobody, not even his girlfriend, who wants a bit of semen if you catch my drift, <laughs> believe that that's the case. Um, I, I, I want to chime in and uh, say how funny it is that his whole job is working with sonic waves. <laughs> yeah, it is kind of ironic if you think about it. It's probably on purpose. Because Julia White was the 90s voice for Sonic, in case that, that joke Yeah, didn't. I actually have a joke for that coming up. But uh, yeah, he tries to tell superiors that Megashark is still alive. And sure enough... That's when Megashark shows up and clumsily jumps over the boat, killing the girlfriend in the process. Which it makes no shit. sense. It makes absolutely no sense, but... Like, how did he bite her? He uh, just flipped over the boat. There was no... I assume that uh, she probably got punctured by an anchor or something when the boat got dropped, but... Well, Sonic said... I don't remember his name. Sonic said that they that she got bit. Well, if that was the case, I didn't catch that. And there was like a tooth or something sticking out of her. That's no good. But <laughs> yeah. It sinks the ship, but Steve Urkel escapes as the sole survivor. Steve Urkel works too. We then cut back to the Congo, where we see the sec- the second-rate Indiana Jones gets hired by this Australian lady to find the monster that attacked the mine. She gets eaten immediately, and then the the dude named Nigel narrowly escapes with the when the croc of shit suddenly falls unconscious somehow never really explain why i assume it's because of the tranquilizers that they had that he had on his back but they never really said anything about it and no he got he got chomped up too and i was like oh i thought he was gonna be a main character but i guess not and then like they cut scenes and suddenly he's alive with no explanation of what actually happened they do that a lot and We'll get to that in a second. Mm-hmm. Yeah, speaking of cutting, uh, we immediately cut back to plot B, where we see Sonic the Hedgehog being questioned in an interrogation <laughs> room and is swiftly drafted by a ridiculously special agent to hunt the Megalodon. And then we cut again to the Nigel plot. Special agent Carl Loft, by the way. Oh, yeah, that's right. Uh, yep, she's back she... again. Oh, yeah, that's right. She was in another movie. She uh, was in two of... She's... She's been in three of the four. <laughs> yeah, she's pretty much the Asian Coulson of the series, it seems like. Except it's not the same character, it's just the same actress. Yeah, that is interesting. Uh, we then cut again to the Nigel plot, where he loaded the the, cro- uh, the Crocosaurus and its eggs that were not mentioned or explained before this point onto a bo- boat where the shark attacks. How did he get it on the boat? Who knows? Eh, no one knows. But uh, we then cut back to, okay, we should probably talk about the cuts between the two main characters. So they haven't met at this point, and they don't meet until like midway through. Uh, mm-hmm. Jaleel White and Australian Indiana Jones, I forget his name. But it's kind of obnoxious because they just jump from scene to scene, and it's not even like two minutes apart from each other. Mm-hmm. And it's kind of disorienting, and you often forget that... Uh, who the main characters are because of it it feels totally disconnected and also like the jungle scenes kept giving me horror flashbacks to king of the lost world so i was really not a fan of that that side of things the horror well at least the effects were better 
Um, and by that, I mean, like, they had, like, five more dollars in their budget. Right. There wasn't... There was, I mean, it did still bring back the motion blur. Like, it wasn't nearly as bad, but I think I preferred the choppy animation of the last movie over the motion blur. Yeah, I guess so. So yeah, we then cut back to Bladebeak from Quest from Camelot as he meets up with the leading officer that wants to smoke a special cigar that when they find the shark. Uh, it's kind of a running gag with that. Oh, also they're on the USS Gibson, which is a fun callback. Yeah. He's constantly reminded that they exist to kill the shark, as if to elicit a rebuttal on preserving it for research. But Jaleel Y is like, nah, I'm totally cool with all of this. But to be fair, if a giant shark killed my girlfriend after the prospect of sex is introduced, I'd probably throw my sympathy out of the window too. Yeah, what else do you have to live for? And I yeah, like the, right. re- the recurring thing of making fun of him for his super hot girlfriend, and also making fun of him... For his balls not working, like his like his his sonar balls, um, like there was definitely some hidden meaning there that I will give the movie some props for. Yeah, um, I will give him uh, credit for um, their uh, innuendos of sorts. Mm-hmm. Also, I will give the movie credit because uh, Special Agent Robert Picardo uh, said "shark repellent" with a straight face. Hand me down the shark repellent bat spray. <laughs> <laughs> yeah he's like is that guy gonna finish up his shark repellent soon or are we gonna have to kill this thing <laughs> or something like that i don't know but it was funny yeah it kind of was so then we cut back for the last time uh neil washing up on a spanish port town after the shark attack where oh, yeah. one of the boat guys was like fuck this movie i'm out and then he leaves the film forever i probably would too he quote unquote oh the one that lived yeah. The other one jumped off the boat and got killed, apparently. And then, yeah, the, the one just left. It's not important. Um, they're out of the movie. Bye, guys. Although he does come back. I don't know if you knew this, but we'll get we'll get to that. I probably wasn't paying attention. So, yeah, he washes up on a Spanish port town and is also drafted by the special agent in handcuffs. The two main characters finally meet, and they go together like oil and water. They apparently knew each other. For some reason. Yeah, it's a bit contrived because I was under the assumption that they're meeting for the first time, but mm-hmm. I suppose they had like a prior history to each other. Like uh, Julia White knows that uh, that Nigel here is pretty much a con man of sorts. He goes around saying that uh, that he knows about like crocodiles and indigenous life and stuff, but he usually just does it for like, I don't know, uh, self uh, deprecation or something not deprecation uh instant gratification well it sounds like he does seem to know his stuff but it sounds like he pretends that there's big monsters attacking and then you know quote unquote saves the day when nothing was like whatever you know mystical creature never existed yeah it's kind of like uh, that one superhero that uh, says that there are villains around and then magically defeats the villain yeah they go along with Special Agent Hutchinson to find if the eggs that they established earlier were from the shark or from the crocodile. Then the two show up and fight each other. Okay. The croc attacks Miami and the heroes get the idea to use an arc flash to drive it away. How many times does it say arc flash in five minutes? It was like 15. I wasn't counting, but... You probably weren't making a drinking game out of it, though I'm pretty sure you'd die if you had something like that. Yeah. 
So yeah, uh, there are these goobers that study one of the big-ass eggs when the shark eats it along with the boat that it was on. They then decide to trap the two monsters in the Panama Canal and shred them to bits, but that doesn't work at all. Because bullets don't work on giant monsters. Have you not watched any of these movies? Um, I think it's I think it's around now when they're trying to get the shark and and uh, and the crocosaurus like together. There is a point when probably crocosaurus um, like destroys this like stadium or something, and there is a uh, Japanese poster for Mega Shark versus Giant Octopus on the building. Oh, that's funny. Implying that that movie existed in the in the universe of this movie. But also, that movie's events happened before this movie, so that doesn't make sense. Yeah, I'm I'm just kind of worried that the universe might implode on itself because of that shit. It's kind of right. like uh, in Final Fight uh, Streetwise, where you find a Final Fight arcade in a bar. It's like, how does that even work? Yeah. I mean, maybe they're implying that, like, they made a movie out of that event, which, I mean, it's a little tasteless, but... If the Asylum made it, then, you know, I guess you could expect it. Anyway, I'm vamping. But yeah. Uh, and and then Krakosaurus ate Shamu. Yeah, that actually made me sad. What did Shamu ever do to you? I thought it was hilarious. Because for one, it looked terrible. But also, like, there was the crowd shots and they're like, yeah, like, Shamu doesn't flip. And then just basically like a screen wipe transition. Like, it wasn't actually one, but it looked like one. I'm just like a crocodile, like, going across the screen... Like, covering nine-tenths of it, and then pulling away, and there's no whale anymore. God, the crocodile effects Like, it was so low budget. Like, I just find it hilarious when Crocosaurus actually walks, because it looks like it's walking super slow, but when it's actually moving, it looks like it's moving faster than it actually is. Like, yeah. it's animated so terribly that its walk speed doesn't match its actual movement. It's great. Mm-hmm. It's real bad. But anyway... They realize the croc has been laying eggs literally everywhere, and they all hatch into many giant crocodiles, because of course they do. The shark swallows a subhole and turns into a living nuke, because that totally makes sense. It's actually kind of a cool idea, though. Yeah. It's kind of like uh, in uh, Godzilla vs. Destroya, when uh, Godzilla is pretty much going down a, th- a total meltdown the entire movie, and the whole threat of the film, besides destroy it itself, is uh, basically if he blows up, he pretty much just uh, ignites the atmosphere. But uh, this isn't nearly as catastrophic, thankfully. So yeah, they use the weird sh- shark sonar ball to lure the monsters near a volcano by Hawaii. And I guess it causes an explosion and kills them all. He had a remote detonator. I know that. Yeah. This is around when I started falling asleep because this final fight was super boring. Um, but I do remember, like, somewhere in the haze, he pulled out, a like, a detonator switch and then I think triggered the explosion. I don't know why why you would trigger a nuke remotely. Like, it should just yeah. explode on impact, but whatever. Yeah, it doesn't make much sense. Uh, what makes even less sense is that the heroes make it out alive. The corporal finally smokes a cigar, even though it was snapped in half before then. And Jaleel White ends the movie on a dumb pun I'm sure I already made in the beginning of the episode. But it's perfect. Oh yeah, definitely. And I uh, mean, it makes no sense in context. 
but it's perfect. What a crock. <laughs> I'm funny. I wish you would have said it in the Sonic voice, though. Got a speed key. <laughs> but um, what I'm assuming you missed, I I was laying down, so I, just, I didn't feel like getting up and the whole credits played. There was a post-credits scene. <laughs> really? Yeah. I did not catch that because I did not give the Asylum the benefit of the doubt of having post-credits scenes. Yeah, I, I, like I said, I didn't feel like getting up to turn it off. Um, the past ones we've watched like free with ads, but this one was actually on Amazon Prime. Um, so it just played through the credits. Usually it like pulls up the next movie or whatever. Um, anyway, post credit scene about uh, Neil, right? That's the, the Australian guy's name. Uh, Nigel, I believe it was. Nigel, that's it. Nigel talking to his partner guy that ditched the movie halfway through on a beach. Like the oh, same okay. beach. Not sure why they were back there, but yeah, same beach as they were when they landed off their boat. And he's like, "Hey, I, I, I got a, I got another job. It's some big lizard in Japan. You in?" And like, I'm not sure if it was the movie trying to make a Godzilla joke or if it was actually teasing the next movie. But that, that was it. That was the scene. I'm pretty sure that's probably a reference to Monster, but I'm not willing to go that far. I'm pretty sure everyone wants to forget that movie. But Monster was before this. Yeah, but that monster was um, never killed. Like, it was still running around at the time, so... I That's don't know. true. Let's believe this is a shared universe, so that this, this uh, you know, project of putting them all together makes sense. Yeah. For the sake <laughs> of continuity, which this movie actually bothered to have continuity, mm-hmm. uh, we'll just assume as such. Yeah. So, um, I think we should probably talk about the characters. Uh... How do you feel about our main cast for uh, Mega Shark versus Crocosaurus? The thing is, like, the cast in this one was actually fairly recognizable. Uh, I mean, you know, you got Steve Urkel, you got Carl Loft, which is only recognizable if you've seen other Asylum movies. But still, um, you got Robert Picardo. Um, I don't, I didn't know who Nigel was, but I'm sure he's probably a TV actor or something. He seemed fairly competent. Um, like, they all do a decent job, but I did not care about any of them. Yeah, they really don't bring that much to the table aside from we need to figure out a way to uh, defeat both of these monsters at the same time and what mm-hmm. their deal is, you know? Um, there aren't really that many emotional stakes. And I think most of it was because, like, they didn't like each other. So yeah. it's like there was no chemistry. Yeah, it's especially the case between Jaleel White's character and Nigel. Because they really get at each other's throats because of their opposing ideologies. Mm-hmm. And then but, Carl you know. Loft is just a wet blanket of seriousness. Yeah, right. Yeah, I don't know. I, I did like the... Um, was he also an agent? Robert Picardo's character. Or was he like the admiral of the sub or something? I believe he was the admiral. Okay, yeah. I did like his character. He had some fun lines and I liked his recurring cigar bit. And I don't know, I, I feel like he kind of elevated the movie a little bit. Yeah. But he also wasn't given that much to do. Yeah, that's um, usually the case. And once again, the monsters were nothing, so like they didn't bring anything, so it was up to the humans. And Well, I mean, the monsters were a bit more than the last movie. Like, they actually have fight scenes for one. Like, that's it isn't true. Just a quick, isn't just a quick cutaway. They actually have a few scenes of... 
the titular Mega Shark and Crocosaurus fighting each other. Whether that's a good or bad thing. Mm-hmm. This was definitely the most effects shots any of these movies have had. Which is why I was wondering like how the budget was so low. Yeah, it does make you wonder. Uh, I'm pretty sure uh, direct-to-DVD movies operate differently than big, bigger budget films. Or maybe that's just uh, how the asylum rolls. I don't know. Maybe they just didn't pay anyone. That is illegal, sir. I'm pre- <laughs> I would assume that Jaleel White, at the very least, made sure that he got paid. Yeah, you'd think. I mean, he's making that weed money now, so who cares? I don't. I don't know if that makes sense to you, but... He has a he has a strain out that Snoop Dogg produced. Oh, okay. I forget what it's called, but it's pretty funny. I just know that he was recently in the Big Show show as the best friend for the Big Show. Oh, well, good. Glad he's still out there acting and stuff. Yeah. Um, yeah. but no, the reason I say that there's like the monsters were nothing is just because like they don't make them interesting. Like their whole thing with these is super generic monsters that are basically just you know blown up versions of regular creatures i mean they called this thing crocosaurus but it was literally just like a you know stock footage crocodile that they scaled up in blender and threw into the scenes (laughs) scaled uh and like the shark seemed to change size as needed (laughs) <laughs> yeah, that was something I often wondered because I don't remember uh, the Megalodon being that fucking big in the last movie. Like, I'm yeah. pretty sure they were taking liberties with uh, with size in this film. Oh, yeah. Or maybe they just weren't paying attention. I don't know. Yeah, it was weird. But uh, yeah, they're pretty much just giant, uh, giant wild animals. Uh, mm-hmm. There are no metaphors for uh, uh, the folly of man or whatever. Mm-mm. They're just there to escalate the plot you know for what little that matters they could have even had like a little bit of something there about overpopulation with how you know prolific the uh lizard eggs were but no nothing yeah it's not even thought-provoking and this schlocky direct-to-dvd movie isn't making me think what's wrong with you (laughs) but like it's i'm totally fine with dumb movies that don't make you think if they're, you know, entertaining in other ways, like if the action is good or it's funny or whatever, but this was none of those. <laughs> yeah, this was definitely pretty, um, uh, it was a slog to watch through, honestly. Yeah. Like, it's not as bad as Monster or oh no, or King of the Lost World, but I feel like uh, Mega Shark versus Giant Octopus was much more fun and uh, mm-hmm. much quicker paced. Yeah. You know, it knew it was a bad movie. I think this was a little better shot. Like, cinematically, it looked a little better. But everything else about it was worse. Like, the thing about it was the last movie, it knew it was a dumb movie. And it was just delivering with its dumbness. Yeah. Here, it's taking itself a little more seriously. And I think it suffers for it, honestly. Mm-hmm. You'd think totally it would be similar to the last one, since it's got continuity. Like, they know they made a movie before this. So it should kind of take over some of those cues, but... If if anything, it should have taken the piss even further. Right. Like, I would have been totally fine with that. That's what Sharknado did. The first one wasn't nearly as stupid as the last one was. Yeah, it's true. So, uh, yeah. Um, that is uh, Mega Shark versus Crocosaurus. I keep fumbling on the name there. I know. Okay, so, Justin, on a scale of 1 to 5... 
How shardy is this movie? It's like a three. I mean, everything about this movie was middling and forgettable. It's not inherently bad. And like, like I said, it's it's fairly competently shot. Um, I mean, it's probably the biggest name actors we've gotten so far, sadly. And like, I mean, at least they put some effort into making fight scenes, even if there's still some reused animations and stuff. But there's just nothing standout about it. Like, even like the the fun scene of like, you know, like the last one had the the shark attacking the airplane. Like this one had a shark attacking a boat and a shark attacking SeaWorld. Or sorry, a, a crocodile attacking SeaWorld. But like, none of it was really that great in comparison. Yeah, I'm going to give it like a two and a half myself. Like, uh... <sighs> I feel like this one isn't as fun, like you said. Like, uh, it's trying to take itself uh, seriously than how it needs to be. And for me, it kind of suffers for it. Uh, The characters aren't that interesting. Uh, The monsters aren't that interesting. It's just kind of a bore to watch through. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, that's going to be it for this week's episode. I always forget what the next movie is, so uh, let me look. I meant to look it up, and I did not. Okay, um... Let me get to that. Right I don't now. think it's a mega shark. Yeah, we're not doing uh, another mega shark movie next time. So, uh, Mega Python versus Gatoroid. I feel like I want to say Gatoroid, like it's like a mechanical cat or something. I think it's Gatoroid. <laughs> Gatoroid? Like Gatorade. It, it needs electrolytes. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a giant gator that thrives on electrolytes. All right, I, I have something to look forward to next week. Justin, <laughs> where can the fine people find you on the internet? You can find me if you look for Zero Score on Twitter, YouTube, Twitch. Um, that's about it. <laughs> I stream a few days a week, including the Charge Shot Games cast on Monday nights that uh, we do with our uh, fearless leader, Ben, a.k.a. The Marvelous Iggy. And I also sometimes make YouTube content. Nice. And you can find me on Twitter.com if you search for Hey, It's That Tie. And if you check the pinned tweet, it'll take you directly to my YouTube page where I work on Tire Shoes Reviews, where I review vintage PS1 fighting games and other things that I feel like playing at the moment. Um, I'm also going to be doing live streams uh, if you look for uh, Tire Shoes 1 on Twitch.tv. And also, you can check out Chartshot.com for all your video game and movie needs. We literally have everything you can look for if uh, you like the three of us, that is. So, yeah, that's going to do for us. Until next time, stay shardy hardy.